the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. So here is the breakdown on the Defense of Marriage Act. It's a Democratic agenda item, so you know that whatever the name is, it will do the opposite, right? The Build Back Better expenditure of one point something trillion dollars. Did that build anything? Is anything back? Is anything better? No. Well, inflation's better than it's ever been in 40 years. That's not good for us. Did the Inflation Reduction Act reduce inflation? No. Is a secure border secure? No, it is not. Well, maybe the border is not still deemed to be secure, Bruce. Ah, well, Alejandro Mayorkas was on Capitol Hill yesterday. He was being questioned by Congress about that very thing. Do you continue to maintain that the border is secure? Yes, and we are working day in and day out to (laughs) enhance its security, Congressman. Of course they are, because say it with me, kids. If it's a Democrat and it's screwed up beyond all belief, the one thing you can be assured of is that they are what? Doing everything they can. Oh, they're doing everything they can. Yes. Oh, they're doing everything they can to ensconce gay marriage into law. And that's why the Defense of Marriage Act is before the Senate. Now, the Congress has already passed this. Hey, your Congressman Columbus conservative Mike Carey voted for this. Woohoo! Aren't you happy about it? Took everything I had not to accost Mike Carey about this when I ran into him at a recent charity function. Because I have such great respect for the people who invited me and who invited him, I didn't feel like that was the right place to have the conversation, but I'm deeply, deeply disappointed in Mike Carey, that he would vote thumbs up on Wisconsin gay marriage into law. So, the legalization of same-sex marriage will only happen if it has bipartisan support. Now, we have a Supreme Court several years ago in the Obergefell case, Obergefell case, who, by the way, he's from Columbus, uh, putting gay marriage into practice, but they want to esconce it in law. It's the difference. Like Roe versus Wade allowed abortion on demand, but now because the Supreme Court has said, no, it's not a constitutional right, what do the Democrats want to do? They want to codify it. They want to put it into law. So that's why they're doing this, because they presume that at some point in time, Republicans will get control and will say, you know what? Marriage is between a man and a woman. It's not between two men, two women. So the Democrats are moving to firewall that by putting it into law. And once it's in law, it's going to be next to impossible to get rid of it. Chuck Schumer's leading the charge on this, and he has an ally in Rob Portman. And Albert Moeller was talking about this, the head of the Southern Baptist 
Leadership Caucus, I think, Albert Moeller. Uh, he does a fine podcast called The Briefing. And let me just read you what Albert Moeller says about Rob Portman. Rob Portman opposed the legalization of same-sex marriage until he did a U-turn on the issue in 2013. Why the sudden turn? I call it the Republican form of moral relativism. A relative comes out of the closet. In this case, it was Portman's son, then 21, who told his parents he identified as gay. Senator Portman, who had opposed same-sex marriage, suddenly reversed course because of his son. He told CNN at the time, now it's different. You know, I hadn't expected to be in this position, but I do think, you know, having spent a lot of time thinking about it and working through the issue personally, that this is where I am. For reasons that are consistent with my political philosophy, including family values, including being a conservative who believes the family is a building block of society, so I'm comfortable there now. Here's the problem. Nobody was asking Rob Portman to not love his son, not support his son. But do you really love your son or do you really love that child if you abide them in their immoral behavior rather than tell them the truth? And If you are someone who believes in the authenticity of Scripture, then you believe in consequences for violating Scripture. Now, there's always forgiveness, of course, but when you engage in any sin— and you're not the authority on what sin is. I'm not the authority on what sin is. Don't blame the messenger. It's in Scripture what sins are. And when you absolve someone of holding on to a sin, saying, you know what, God, you can have control of 98% of my life, but not this 2% over here. This one's mine. I find your position on it, be it whatever it is, greed, lust, gluttony, gossip, on and on and on. That one I'm going to withhold from you. In that situation, what you have done is you have made that activity an idol. You have made it an idol. You worship it more than you worship the authority of God in your life. And the Bible is very clear. What's the number one commandment? I am the Lord your God. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Right? No other gods before me. Well, if you're going to have an idol, you're putting something ahead of of God. So I get this as a conversation that if you're not an authentic believer, you're not somebody who says you order your life according to the authority that Jesus said he had when he ascended to heaven, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. I didn't lend any of it to you, Bruce. It's the holy scriptures, it's not the holy scriptures. Okay? And Christianity as my friend Chris Spielman once said, in one of the more brilliant things he ever said, Christianity is not an a la carte endeavor. You don't get to pick what you like and leave what you don't like. And I have things in my life I struggle with. Everybody, it's easy. This is the problem. It's easy for Christians to say, well, you're not tempted by being same-sex attracted, so it's really easy to pick on that particular sin. That's wrong, too. Because we all have our own struggles. And we are compelled to work on those struggles and repent of those struggles and not elevate them to the point where you go, no, I'm not changing my mind on this one. The Bible's wrong on this one. You know, there are a few phrases that you will never find in the Bible. One of them is, oops. One of them is, hmm, I never thought of that. So... <laughs> This position that Rob Portman holds and that, you know, 
Lisa Murkowski holds, and uh, Tom Tillis from North Carolina holds. Tom Tillis, like Joe Biden, says he is a devout Roman Catholic. Did the Catholic Church like come out and smile on same-sex marriages while I wasn't looking? Joe Biden, a la carte Catholic, uh, abortion? Nope, leave that one. Don't don't care for that one. Don't put that on my plate. Nancy Pelosi, same. Tom Tillis, it's oh, same-sex marriage. No, thanks. I don't have the stomach for that. I won't be taking that one. Thank you. I'll move right on. So this is the challenge. This is the challenge of being a conservative. Why do they call us conservatives? What are we trying to conserve? What are we trying to conserve? Well, I would argue there are some things we're trying to conserve. We are trying to conserve liberty and freedom. We're trying to conserve equal protection under the law. And we're trying to preserve the freedom to worship in the way that we are individually called and feel compelled to worship. And I'm not making any pronouncements that others have to believe what I believe. Also, the other brilliant thing that my friend Mr. Spielman used to say, and this was the model for how he and his beautiful late wife Stephanie conducted themselves during her more than 10-year battle with breast cancer. Chris used to say to me all the time, we expose our faith to everyone. We don't impose it on anyone. And that's all I'm trying to do is to tell you what my frame of reference is for my position on these issues. But when you impose your perception of what a marriage is, when God is the one who defines marriage, then I am called to stand against that evil. I am called to bring light into the darkness. If I don't do that, I am not being authentic to the Savior who gave his life so that I can live with him and be forgiven of my many, many shortcomings. So this is not a political battle for me. It is most often waged in the political arena because that's where it comes up, but it is a spiritual battle for me. And I will not recede from that battle. I'm going to assume that uh, Sam Bankman-Fried can't order anything from my pillow because uh, Sam Bankman-Fried is uh, belly up. Uh, the billionaire who gave $37 million to Democrats to help them get elected in the midterms, um, well, now... He's probably going to get extradited to the United States from the Bahamas, where he has been living in a penthouse with 10 people in a polyamorous relationship. That's right. They all share uh, each other. And he is a cryptocurrency billionaire, or more precisely, was a cryptocurrency billionaire, uh, because his FTX cryptocurrency is now worth Zero. Zero. Now, why does this matter to you? Well, it matters to you because he has given a ton of money to Democrats. Two billion since he became an activist. 
He was the second biggest donor to Democrats during the midterms. The only one bigger, George Soros. Sam Bankman-Fried gave more money to Democrats in the midterms than Michael Bloomberg. The guy who, how much did Bloomberg spend in his one-week presidency campaign? Like over $100 million, well over, maybe a half billion dollars, who knows. Uh, Sam Bankman-Fried, he's been spending his uh, privileged young life hanging out with people like Bill Clinton and other Democratic superstars. And he had not just cryptocurrency, but he had a venture capital firm. So he would invest money in businesses. And the problem became that his businesses he invested in didn't do very well. And he started to need money to firm up his commitments to these investment endeavors that he backed as a venture capitalist. And guess where he got the money? He got the money out of the accounts of people who were invested with his cryptocurrency. So this is Bernie Madoff-like, and he ended up bilking his investors out of $32 billion. So picture yourself. You have money in crypto with this guy, his particular brand of crypto, FTX. You've got, let's say you got a million dollars in crypto. And it fluctuates up and down, and okay, you're you're at peace with that because you're well-heeled somewhere else. You've owned a lot of blue chip stocks and you're divested and you know you're willing to ride the crypto roller coaster and then one day you decide you know I think I want to get out of crypto or ah, I want to buy a uh, I want to buy a house or I want to pay for my kids college you know what let's just grab the money out of our crypto account and you go to grab the money out of your crypto account and guess what it's gone it's gone because this guy stole it and used it to backstop his bad investments elsewhere so that he wouldn't get in trouble for fraud. Well, he's now in a lot of trouble for fraud. But, but, do you think Sam Bankman-Fried is going to be headed to prison? Because guess who's in charge? Guess who's in charge of investigating Sam Bankman-Fried? That would be your Senate Finance Committee. And guess who's in charge, who chairs the Senate Finance Committee? It would be a guy who looks a lot like Sam Bankman-Fried, only he's about 40 years older than Sam Bankman-Fried. You know him well. His name is Ohio Senator Sherrod Brown. He's got the same moppy hair. It's a little bit grayer. But Sherrod Brown is the guy who is going to be in charge of investigating Sam Bankman-Fried's fraud. Now, what do you think the odds are that Sherrod Brown, Democrat, running for re-election in 2024, is going to bring the full brunt of the American justice system onto a guy who's donated $2 billion to Democratic candidates? You think Sherrod's going to, like, get in there and root through who got contributions? Who's got to pay that money back? Because we got, you know, Sherrod Brown. Sherrod Brown is a uh, man of the people, right? Have you ever uh, checked out Sherrod Brown's campaigns? He's all about workers, and he's all about the blue-collar guys. Meanwhile, he's lived like a Ivy League privileged guy his whole entire life, never had a real job. He's been in government. The first time I interviewed Sherrod Brown was when he was 21, running for the Ohio House. He walked into the offices of the Bell Fountain Examiner. 
when he was 21 years old, just old enough to run for the Ohio House, and he got the job, and he's been in public office ever since. And he's never going to leave because, as J.D. Vance said during his debate with Tim Ryan, it's a great gig. You better believe it's a great gig. And Sherrod Brown is riding it for all it's worth. So call me skeptical that Sherrod Brown is going to dig in to all the dirty dealings of Sam Bankman-Fried. Because here was Sam Bankman-Fried last year in Congress testifying about his business practices at FTX. Listen closely. I think you'll hear alarm bells ringing. We store collateral from our users in a way which is not always done in the traditional financial ecosystem to uh, backstop positions. We store collateral from our users in a way that is not typically done. Hmm. Well, gee, Sam Bankman-Fried, you got an awful lot of millions of dollars Maybe we need to take a look at how you're backstopping the collateral of your investors. Instead, no, they just let him go on about his merry, groundbreaking way while he's stealing money from his investors because, why do you think? Because, of course, he was giving money to Democrats. After all, here's Sam Bankman-Fried on a podcast whetting the appetite of Democrats going, gee, I wonder if I'll be able to get some of that money that he's pledging to give to us. I imagine you have some probability distribution in your mind of how much money you might give in the next election cycle. Like, give me some number. Uh, I would guess north of 100 million. So if that's a floor, what's the ceiling? Like a billion? Might you give a billion? Yeah, I think that's a decent, like, thing to look at. So if you're Sherrod Brown and Sam Bankman-Fried says he's going to give $100 million as the floor to Democrats in 2024 and the ceiling is a billion and you're running for re-election, what a temptation that would be to not look as deeply into Sam Bankman-Fried's business practices as you otherwise might because After all, there's only going to be 33 senators running in 2024. And there's only going to be 21 of them who are Democrats. So I stand by and will watch with interest to see how ardently Sherrod Brown pursues the investigative process when it comes to this complete and total fraud who has stolen millions of dollars from his investors. Now, I was at the gym yesterday, happened by a television, and I saw the uh, fact that a bomb had landed in Poland, and I thought, oh, oh, no concerns. Joe Biden's on the case. I mean, you'd feel good, too, if you heard this, wouldn't you? The reason we wanted to make clear is their movement. Ah, I played the wrong cut. I had Biden stumbling and bumbling and bumbling over. Uh, hmm, gee, um, well, um, we'll uh, take a look at that, and uh, hmm. Okay, he's not the only one that makes mistakes. I just did too. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.